Hello. Hi, yes, my name is Matthew, and I wanted to order a tall iced chai latte, light ice with one of the vanilla, if that's possible. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just kidding. Um, hi. It's Matthew. I'm Matthew. My name is Matthew. Um, this is my podcast perspective. Um, I'm actually not ordering anything from Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The craziest thing I learned all week was that pink used to be a color associated with boys and blue used to be a color associated with girls, which is really crazy to me. Like, was that just me that just found out or have have we all known this and I'm just behind or am I ahead of the curve? Let me know. Anyway, color is strongly associated with gender. And I'm in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the harmful stereotypes connected to the history of the color pink i'll break down the history of the color pink while putting it up against the color blue and i'll talk about why color shouldn't be a factor when determining gender sexual orientation and masculinity or femininity at first glance especially when it comes to children so yeah that's what i'm going to talk about this episode back to that starbucks thing if you don't order light ice you're being absolutely blatantly scammed and it's so funny to me i don't okay I don't understand why people order no ice, because it's just like, you're just going to have a lukewarm drink. But if you order, like, regular ice, it's like, I don't know, like, at this point, like, you should know better, you know? $5 for a cup of ice, I mean, yeah. Anyway, let's just, let's just, let's just start, because I know we both hate introductions, they're just so long and so... But I'm here I am, giving you an introduction. Even though we both know we don't want an introduction because introductions are long and boring. And they just... Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the history of the pink and blue genderization and the history of the color pink. So, let's start. Whew, this is my 10th time recording this segment. I'm just done. I'm just, like, I just need to do this. Um, yeah. So, our timeline starts in the early, not early 1800s, late 1800s. And both male and female babies right now wear frilly white dresses, gender-neutral, color-neutral clothing. Simply for practicality, like, movement, you can bleach it, you can access diapers easily. Like, they were just seen as children's clothes. Nobody was obsessing over what gender their baby was, making sure everyone knew what gender their baby was. They were just, they were just like, you know what? They, they're clothes, they work, whatever. Move on to the early 1900s. Pastels and colors became popular for baby and toddler fashion. Like, colors were introduced to baby clothes because, you know, they just wore white because it was easiest. But now we're, we're thinking about fashion, like we're trying to dress our kids up. The two specific colors that were chosen to kind of lead the introduction of it were pink and blue because of how they complemented eye and hair colors when it comes to babies. Right now, gender isn't playing any role yet. It's just that blue was meant to go with blue eyes and blonde hair and pink was meant to go for brown eyes and brown hair. So, yeah, it was basically just like a style guide for, yeah, <laughs> later down the line. Pink was actually the side of color for boys, and pink or and blue was the assigned color to girls, because here's the thing: blue was seen as a dainty color, and pink was seen as a stronger color, so it was assigned to boys naturally, which makes a lot of sense actually, because pink is almost a derivative to red. Red is like loud, obnoxious, strong, 
powerful, etc., etc. So it's basically a shade of red at this point, and it makes sense because it's just like a less intense shade of red. Baby red. There you go. In June 1918, Earnshaw's Infants Department wrote, quote, The generally accepted rule is pink is for the boys and blue for the girls. The reason is that pink, being a more decided and stronger color, is more suitable for the boy, while blue, which is the more delicate and dainty, is prettier for the girl, end quote. But in 1927, Time Magazine compiled a style chart with large department stores deciding blue, for, blue or pink for boys and girls, but the results were pretty split, and from then until the 1940s, there like some people preferred boys blue in boys, and some people preferred preferred blue on girls, and vice versa because it's just it just depended on what department store you shopped at. So to finally decide, to finally like put put their hands down, like you know what this is this is what's decided. Manufacturers made color coordinated clothing for young boys and girls to essentially figure out what consumers like the most and would buy because that's really all that matters in literally everything. We're all just consumers. And guess what one? Blue for boys and pink for girls. Something that really drove it home, like this was the decided color, not by not by much, like every like it was mostly fifty fifty. But something that really drove the pink for girls home was Dwight Eisenhower's wife's dress at his inauguration. His wife wore an enormous rhinestone-studded ball gown in full pink, pink head-to-toe. She just loved pink, and she was known for it. And it's, But it's something you wouldn't have seen during the previous Warriors, where women just wore simpler, muted styles with blue and black, not pink and rhinestones. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that was definitely what set it in stone. Everyone was like, you know what, if... The first lady is wearing it. We're going to wear it, too. Another thing. Funny Faces Think Pink jingle from 1957. It was kind of like a goodbye kiss to the once blue for girls gender norm. A specific line in it said, banish the black, burn the blue, referring to the colors they wore during the Warriors. So, yeah. But also, at this point, baby boomers, this is the start of the baby boomers generation. And this means that baby boomers grew up with the color gender association. Like, from birth, they're like, okay, this color's for boys, this color's for girls. Because previous generations, they lived through both. So it's like, to each their own. But now it's like, unanimous. Like, now everyone is doing blue for boys, pink for girls. And it just rolled over into the now. Especially with baby boomers that aren't from America. And they didn't live through the um, women's liberation movement era. So... Yeah. Now let's talk about the 1960s and the 1970s, aka the women's liberation movement era. Manufacturers just eased into unisex clothing because women's liberation, obviously. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for that decade. Fast forward to the mid 1980s, the pinks and blues were starting to set in stone for pink be, being pink for girls and blue for boys. Okay, sorry. It's starting to get really confusing, but after seeing different perspectives on the topic, I feel like what really cemented it was the obsession with knowing gender before birth. In the mid-80s, ultrasound technology improved greatly. You could see the pictures clearer and clearer, and the gender was being able the gender was able to be distinguished earlier in the pregnancy. And I feel like that's when the whole culture about knowing the gender of your baby before birth really started. 
and products for infants geared towards a specific baby outcome and you had the ability to theme and design a nursery and design design baby wardrobes with color gender guidelines because they there a whole culture just formed around that as soon as we were able to know because there was a time believe it or not where the gender was known uh, the gender of the baby was known after birth so it's like you couldn't prepare a specific way you just knew that it was a baby so yeah like in conclusion we really are just consumers like we we'll just buy stuff like we don't really care and that's what kind of got me interested in this topic like we just we just roll with it so what do the now gender specific colors mean and what does it have to do with the harmful stereotypes all of this everything we just went over together it just adds up and creates harmful stereotypes the history of the color pink and blue just allowed us to make more assumptions and quick conclusions about someone's gender simply based on color schemes which is really crazy um and in child and if a child didn't like the color that was assigned to them they're pretty much out of luck this is what the university of missouri kansas city has to say about assigning colors to babies to associate the babies with their gender and then later assume if a child is masculine or feminine quote assigning colors to babies enforces a role that they are supposed to grow and fit into there are only two colors also enforcing that there are only two genders you're allowed to claim if you're a girl you have to like pink and that also means you're girly if you're a boy you have to like blue and you cannot like pink or else you aren't manly enough if you're a girl and you like blue you're a tomboy and you aren't seen as a strong female, but instead as a girl who doesn't know how to be a proper girl, end quote. Even more so, there's just the assumed connection to sexual orientation when you're using the well-known quote-unquote logic. It's really just in an annoyingly ignorant point of view of boys who like boys are basically girls, and girls who like girls are basically boys. So, here's what we have so far. That was a lot of information I just threw at you. Color, meaning gender, meaning masculinity or femininity, meaning sexual identity so next up we're going to talk about why colors really aren't that serious why we shouldn't care at all but we just do because that's what's instilled in our brains color really isn't that serious because there's absolutely no solid logic behind the assignment of these colors we just rolled with it because this was basically the marketing choices that created the monster it is today of course this could go the entire other way at any point in time two entirely different colors can be picked to assign to gender but basically the evolution of these colors have been to the moon and back and it'll just never be set in stone that's why it doesn't or it shouldn't matter like for example women defying the war gender stereotype post-war created another gender stereotype <laughs> who knows what's next you know what i mean so many late boom late baby boomer and early generation ex- parents are so hyper fixated on the color gender association it's so funny without even knowing how useless and harmful it is and it's just like it's not something we think about either which is what what makes it even funnier so it's like okay so i have a little quote for you guys um the author of the book pink brain blue brain how small differences grow into troublesome gaps and what we can do about it said quote everything is filtered through the lens of whether you believe boys and girls are hardwired i don't think your average person appreciates that differences in the brain can be learned end quote so i'll just leave it at that i guess basically harmful stereotypes we need to get over it we're babies (laughs) okay here's a fun little segment kind of like the last segment leading into the outro um how pink has changed in a masculine perspective because we've talked about how pink has changed from a feminine perspective but what about masculine i've seen 
articles on like how to wear pink as a man like one was called it takes a real man to wear pink etc etc you know pink is still considered a feminine color but there's just one shade of pink that i feel like masculinity really owns and they're like it's ours because we're woke and amazing and we appreciate women etc etc um think 2017 2019 we're talking skinny jeans we're talking hollister and h&m were the top tier places for teenage boys with quote-unquote style um extremely fitted denim jackets over hoodies beanies with the ears hanging out extra skinny chinos heather pink heather pink is just what woke masculinity for men is in my opinion like if you were the trend a youth pastor or you were the kevin Nguyen of 2018 when it was actually considered cool and you put on a heather pink shirt and some light wash skinny jeans like you were the god of fashion and it's a man's class put it like this quote a man who wears pink is not just fashion forward he is secure in his sexuality while being comfortable in his own skin a man that wears whatever he likes looking past stereotypes and obsolete beliefs end quote which could be true like he was on the he was on the right track but the assumption of sexuality and the hyper fixation on the article and the website of kind of like a boys only mindset cancels it out just a little bit but great effort though xoxo the thing is the person who wrote that article was female yeah (laughs) i'll just leave it at that but that's pretty much it this episode is what like 15 minutes maybe like 17 minutes when it's over it's not really long guys can you imagine like i started a whole empire for my phone and i'm out of icloud space (laughs) i've been out of icloud space for a while like i don't even know what to do at this point like if i were to transfer files from my phone to another phone like would the stuff that isn't backed up by icloud be moved over like it's just i'm just like if my phone gets lost in the ocean whatever like i whatever as long as my concert videos are backed up by icloud i'm okay um before i say bye i want to talk about something that happened that's just a little bit relevant to this just a little bit but the other day um at lunch i saw my friend lennon so naturally i went up and said hi to him whatever and then there was a white guy next to him and then I shouldn't say white guy. That's kind of a bad way to describe someone. Um, there was, I think he was wearing a football football jersey. So I think he was on the football team. Um, a football player, the football player next to him, he was like, yo, dab me up. And I was like, okay. that's that, it, it was really out of my element because who? <laughs> um, but Lennon was wearing really cool slides. I don't know if they were slides. I don't know if they were clogs. They were kind of in between. I don't, I don't know. If you're Lennon, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you're not Lennon, you don't really know what I'm talking about. So just imagine the cutest pair of slides, shoes. Yeah, no, they were slides, I'm pretty sure. Just imagine the cutest pair of slides in your head. Okay. Um, so I saw them. I was like, yo, like these, your slides are cute. And then he goes, and then him and the white, not the white guy, him and the football player go, cute? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> because that's just the word i would describe them you know what i mean like if i if you know jean Morant, you know the kind of style he has like if i saw him walking by i would say like your fit is hard because that's the word to describe it but if you're lennon walking around your slides i'm gonna say your slides are cute because they're that's 
what they are. Like, I don't know how else to put it, but one, I thought that was really funny, but two, I was like, dang, like, we really characterized, or not characterized, we really genderized words, too. I thought that's crazy. I thought that was crazy. Like, if you really put into, if you really put some thought into it, it's like, where do we get to a point where cute was a genderized word? You know what I mean? And, like, handsome was a genderized word. Like, they meant pretty much the exact same thing. So, yeah, something to think about, but that's it. I, it felt somewhat relevant, so I talked about it, but otherwise, that's it. This episode is what, like, 15 minutes? <laughs> that's really weak. This episode is really weak, but also, I have no iCloud space, so I guess it's fine. Um, yeah, I have to go study and shower, and I don't even know. I'll be up, I'll be up till three, so no big deal. Bye.